0: One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to a, what are we up to here? Thursday edition of One Bills Live. The week has moved quickly, um, and it feels like things are moving a lot faster today and in a good way. Um, as It's almost as if a weight has been lifted um, from the Bills organization today with the news on DeMar Hamlin, and it is all in the positive form, thankfully. Um, a statement released earlier today that read per the physicians caring for Damar Hamlin at the university of Cincinnati medical center, Damar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. We're grateful for the love and report we have received. That's from his family. Um, Kair Elam kind of jumped the gun. He had his tweet out before that statement even came out. And he said, our boy is doing better awake and showing more signs of improvement. Thank you. God, keep the prayers coming, please. All love three exclamation point. Um, Yeah. I got to tell you, like we saw those come down on social media in our offices here in the bills Fieldhouse, I just started clapping. Um, And, uh, Steve and I went for a walk after that up to the cafeteria upstairs just to get some coffee. I walked into the cafeteria and people are like, it's a great day. And I was like, yeah, it's a great day. And then I just thought about it for a second. I just went. Whew. Yeah. Like it was like, it was literally felt like an anvil got taken off of our shoulders and we're three degrees away from it. I mean, right. <laughs> we're team employees, but we're not the players. We're not the coaches. We're not the athletic training staff that was working on him. Um, but we still felt, like, the weight of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you well, felt that's it, right? Well,
1: that's finally – yeah, that's the – it's finally the – it's almost like a signal from – like, when they take these guys off the field and you give a thumbs up, like, we all finally got a signal from DeMar that – and the doctors that <clears throat> there's, there's a chance he's going to be okay. You know, and obviously there's a long way to go. He's still in the hospital and critically ill, but – um, you know, it's he's, he's been reported now he's holding hands with his loved ones. He's opened his eyes. he's yeah, squeezing their hands. Yeah. Squeezing their hands. Neurologically intact is awesome. Uh, <clears throat> so, and not for nothing, but we're sitting here and we do this show every day and we hear the practice and it's been silent for a couple of days. Now today they got the music going at practice again. Yeah. Everything changed when they heard that DeMar was going to be okay. Or, or at least the good news that it, about his recovery. And you can just feel it. Uh, and I think this building isn't the only one. There, you know, Alex Van Pelt, my old teammate down in uh, in Cleveland. The, Cleveland, the offensive coordinator for Cleveland, he had some things to say about his day. He was choked up and said that. Well, he's a Pitt alum. Pit alum. He's a Pitt alum. It's great news. He said, I'll leave it at that. Um, everybody feels it. My, my, my family, my phone's blowing up, um, the whole thing. So – it's great to see. It's great f- to feel it. Uh, we've been waiting for s- news like this since Monday night. Yeah. And this it is the 1st time. It felt like an eternity. It. it felt forever. It felt like it was going to be forever. Now, you know, we're, we're finding out. Now when this comes out, we're finding out that <clears throat> the name of the trainer who actually was there, the assistant trainer here in Buffalo who was there, Denny Killington, he's the guy that administered, administered the CPR on yeah. the field. And there's his picture. Uh, and, I, and I said this before ye- yesterday and, and thought about it before. You know, when, when I was playing, there were guys on the field with us every day and in the locker room every day with us, like Denny, is with these guys. And Deion Dawkins tweeted this picture of Denny out. And you don't really think about it too much until you end up, you're laying on the field on your back and you can't get up for some whatever reason, and those are the faces that lean over you and ask you, hey, you know, talk to me. You okay? Um, you trust them, uh, their friends and their family members. And Denny was right there. Stepped in, stepped action. in and did the CPR right then, right there. Um, good for him. Uh, and I'm sure that in the future months and and days and months to come, these guys are going to get some recognition for. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely. Saving DeMar's fight. They're, saving DeMar's they fight. They
0: could do that at the home game on Sunday for all as far as I'm concerned. Sure. I mean, I don't I have I mean, a problem why with not?
1: that. Yeah, why not? And <clears throat> it's uh, uh I think <clears throat> it I can't say <clears throat> what a different place people
0: in this building are today than they were twenty four hours ago. It's like it's like I said, it's like a weight has been lifted because we were all carrying it. Um, you know, all of us were Praying for tomorrow, just like most of Western New York was, or all of us. There were some people in the was. building.
1: We, nobody, uh, people didn't want to come into work. You know, uh, yeah. they needed a day or two, and you know the club obviously gave it to them. So it was, you know, it. <clears throat> I told you yesterday I was having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a. It's a big day. It's a. It's a much brighter day, and I told you kind of jokingly now that the tension was bro- has broken. Yeah, the pace of our day picked up considerably. Uh, when this news hit and about what we were going to do and the the media availability for Sean and how that was changed and everything. There's a chance
0: that we'll hear from the doctors in Cincinnati today. Well, we we anticipate Um, a press conference being held at UC Medical Center in Cincinnati. And when that takes place, sometime in the next hour here, we will bring it to you live here on the show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Meanwhile, other descriptions... And reports on DeMar Hamlin's condition are as follows. ESPN's Diana Rossidi said good news continues to be shared by those close to DeMar Hamlin. I'm told doctors are very happy with his progress and believe he's even ahead of schedule in his recovery. As Steve mentioned, DeMar has even been able to hold grip hands with some family and friends. Ian Rappaport said DeMar Hamlin opened his eyes last night. He is responsive, truly incredible. One thing that's very clear from speaking to those close to him, they are endlessly appreciative of the medical care given to Hamlin on the field immediately and then over the last 72 hours. And the support has been evident candlelight vigils every night, fans all over social media, people donating to his GoFundMe page. What is it over? Seven and a quarter million now? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Russo, a local news anchor here in Buffalo at WKBW TV has been out there in Cincinnati covering the story, and he tweeted something about the outpouring of support continues for DeMar Hamlin at the UC Medical Center. Two vans filled with flower deliveries just pulled up. One of the drivers said, you're going to want to see how many flowers this is, as she drove by, and it was basically two van loads of flowers, and all for Hamlin. So this is... National news. It's international news. Um, I've talked to people that have said, you know, relatives, friends overseas have asked about DeMar and information and if we might know anything more stateside than they're getting over there on the other side of the Atlantic. It's it's amazing how far-reaching this story has gone. Adam Schefter, early this morning, reported that DeMar Hamlin's father, Mario Hamlin, addressed the entire Bills team on a Zoom call this morning to personally update everyone on his son. He said that uh, Mr. Hamlin informed the Bills that DeMar was making progress, and in the words of one source of Adam Schefter's, the team needed it. And based on what we described in the atmosphere in this building the last two days, that's accurate. I mean... People were carrying a heavy burden, and it was DeMar Hamlin's health, which was firmly in question over the last couple of days. Um, But this is good news. And, you know, we heard from the outset that they were going to sedate him to allow his body to rest, recover, not work too hard. And that was done on purpose. They also cooled his body down to reduce inflammation, swelling, those kinds of things. It was the same type of approach. With Kevin Everett back in 2007, they uh, cooled his body down as well. And they did that to prevent swelling around his spinal cord. And if I remember right, later that week, he was brought out of that sedated state and was awake. His teammates were there. Um, They played a game the following week. So I'm not saying the two cases are the same. They're vastly different. But it's nice that this is following a similar course, coming out of, you know, the sedative state, and things look really, really positive. So that doesn't mean the prayer should stop coming. I think we still have to focus our attention on him, you know, in thoughtful prayer that his recovery continues. This is only step one of probably what will be a long road um, back to a state of normalcy that even DeMar recognizes,
1: right and I think um, you know hopefully day by day we'll be getting more positive reports from how things are going in Cincinnati and uh, and sooner or later that he'll be back here in Buffalo so it's still um, it seems as though they are very encouraged by what's happened over the over the night He opened his eyes last night um, and all of that and uh, and we're just simply now kind of processing it and and feeling the relief. That now, <clears throat> not we're all of us were just sitting here hoping, and with in faith, just thinking that he was going to be okay. Now we've got some uh, reinforcement that that um, that is indeed he's on his way to doing just yeah, that. things are on the upswing. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, on a different subject concerning the Bills' future, not only with this weekend's game against the Patriots, but concerning the game that was postponed indefinitely. There have been several reports, or at the very least, speculation from national media members that the league is leaning towards scrapping the game entirely. Pro Football Talk is the latest outlet to report as such. Pro Football Talk reports the following. Current information we have. Bills, Bengals won't happen. The NFL is currently figuring out how to configure the AFC playoffs without that game? Could an 8th team be added to eliminate the bye week for the number 1 seed? Question mark. Adam Schefter was also on made a radio or made a television appearance and he also said he believes the NFL will not look to resume the Bills Bengals game and that the league is working either towards a potential neutral site AFC championship game or the one seed choosing between having a bye or home field with the two seed getting whatever the one seed chose not to pick. The determination of the AFC's top playoff seed, if the Week 17 game is scrapped between the Bills and Bengals, Two ideas the NFL is considering, according to Schefter. Uh, the pick between those two things, or a neutral-site AFC title game. So there are a couple of scenarios yeah, that we under- be, that they're reporting are being mulled over right. at the league
1: office. It would be a, a, a title, an AFC title game, if it if it included the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals. Um, Now, most of us will say, yeah, one of them or maybe two of them are going to be in that game. Okay, I get it. But if those two, three teams are not involved, it would be a home field advantage just like it would normally would from from the four seed all the way down through the seven seed. The Chiefs, incidentally, have gone to the AFC Championship game and hosted it in Kansas City as the two seed twice. So it's not necessary that you have the one seed to get it. In fact, last year, if the Bills win in the thirteen second game, the AFC championship game would have been in Buffalo, even if though the Bills were the three seed. So all that's all that's on the table and, and it, it still has to be, you yeah, know it's, it's muddled out. right now. But I think I really have a hard time seeing a way forward with them playing the Cincinnati Bills game. And, and Adam Schefter, we listened to the clip on the TV. Yeah. He said, you know what? He goes, that Cincinnati Buffalo game's got some bad mojo about it. And I get that. Can you imagine? Like going back uh, and reliving think that? Think about this, folks. If 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 all this stuff, you know, it's what ifs and what ifs, and I get it. But think about if the AFC championship game ended up being at Cincinnati against the Buffalo Bills and they have to play it in Cincinnati. Think about that. I, you know, that's hard for a guy. I, for me, it is. I, maybe for most people, I don't even give it a second thought. I, that w- I'd struggle with that. Having them here in Buffalo. If that game happens, a playoff game, I think there's going to be a struggle with that for a lot of people. At least at this point. Maybe things will change between now and whenever that would have a month away, I guess. But, man, oh, man, that to me seems – that's a bad – karma game you know what i'm saying
0: well yes yes i i get that um i don't want to see those two teams teams get back on the field and resume a game that's 7-3 cincinnati you know all anybody's going to be thinking about is why they're finishing the game why they had to you know return to cincinnati to take care of it yeah they the bad mojo is kind of a good description for that. It, it'll almost be like an ominous feel to the whole thing. Yes. Right? Like, I, yeah, exactly. It won't exactly. feel right. And exactly. I think they know that. I think they,
1: I think they recognize that. I would imagine that somebody in both organizations, they said, what about playing? And like somebody like Sean McDermott, and I can see Sean McDermott saying this, said, listen, I got to tell you. We'd rather take the loss than go back there and get back on the field for that game, right? Uh, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I do. I don't want. He
1: doesn't. Those, pl- particularly in the last twenty four hours, before we got the good news about Demar. Yeah. If you're still sitting, I don't. There know, you,
0: I don't know that it changes though. Even yeah, with the exactly. News, the, the good uh, stuff, yeah. about yeah.
1: But think about it. It's. I'm totally there, and I and we were saying this, and rightfully so. After the game, everybody was saying, "I said, like, who cares what the outcome of this game is? And I really don't." You can call it a wash, act like it never happened, put a hole in the schedule and say these two teams only played 16 instead of 17 games, or give Bills a loss, give Cincinnati the win. Who cares? Nobody cared. Call it a tie, flip a coin, whatever. Just tell me. Uh, Because both those teams, Cincinnati and Buffalo, they're already in the playoffs, and I don't think either one of them would flinch. And I'll just say this, nobody's going to blink about Going into the playoffs, whether they got it on the road or not, so um, I, I just you know we're at a point now where, at least now we can say, all right, you know what, now I can feel a little bit more normal and uh, think about games and something outside of it because I you know you kind of got that the great report from Cincinnati about you know the pro, even as little small step as it is. That he's, you know, neurologically
0: intact, and he's getting better, and he's yep. gripping his hands of his family. That's just awesome. We're going to shift gears now because this time of the week is when we bring in ESPN uh, NFL Insider and Fantasy Football Expert Field Yates for his ultimate fantasy lineup. This is the last one of the season. Brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Field, how you doing? Hey guys, I'm doing well and I uh, want to appreciate,
2: I want to say thank you to you guys for having me on all season. And uh, for those out there listening right now, certainly talking about fantasy football is to not take away from the very real circumstances that uh, the Bills family uh, and certainly DeMar Hamlin has endured over the past three days uh, As our thoughts continue to be with him. And I heard you guys before uh, I jumped on the show and uh, it is great to hear that there has been significant improvement for Demar Hamlin today and we hope that we continue to get very positive updates
0: yeah appreciate awesome. that Phil thanks, field. thanks. And, um, um we
1: appreciate you coming in I know that <clears throat> you got to feel like you're parachuting in on a week like this for us we've been <laughs> you know we have not talked too much about football up to this point but with the report we got on Demar you're a little bit of a welcomed relief uh, so it's good to see you Yeah, guys, it's good to see you as well. And I
2: would just say that, um, you know, and we've all experienced various hardships in our life. And one thing that I know I have found is that um, sometimes having something to take my mind away, even if temporarily, because the reality of what DeMar Hamlin is continuing to fight through is not going away, but it does give us a chance to distract our brain a little bit, which can be good for our well-being uh, during a very difficult time. And fantasy football, in a lot of ways, can be that for a lot of people.
0: All right. So let's let's kick it off here. And there is a uh, there's you've done this the last several weeks where you've picked multiple players from one team. And the stack theory is working again this week.
2: It is. And the other consideration for this week, guys, is that you have to find players who you think have something to play for. Right. Because there is a scenario. And this, this is just one of many that are in play. But there is a scenario in which the Los Angeles Chargers have nothing to play for by the time their game begins at 425 Eastern time because the Ravens lose to the Bengals earlier in the day, which would lock the Chargers into that fifth seed. So I tried to find players who at least right now have something to play for. I suppose coaches could make coaching decisions, but on paper these guys should be motivated, and that starts with Kirk Cousins. Our quarterback and the Vikings play early in the day with a chance at the number two seed still available for Minnesota in the NFC. Cousins priced at $7,700. The Bears are kind of approaching this game the exact opposite way. Justin Fields is not going to play this week. He has a hip injury. Uh, I don't know how significant it is. It does not sound significant, but the Bears have the opportunity with a loss and a Texans win over the Colts to have the number one seed. So Kirk Cousins draws a very thin Bears secondary in what should be
1: a matchup he can move the football effectively. Right. And that's, and that's, uh, it, and it is kind of tough now with this coming down because you do have a lot to sort, a lot more factors to sort through as you get this. And you go into the running backs. Um, a lot, there's a lot in this, putting this together in week 18 of the regular season right now uh, for daily fantasy. And, and your two running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Najee Harris, talk about them.
2: Yeah, both guys who, again, have something to play for. The Ravens can still technically win. The AFC North, you know, we, we'll see. It really doesn't sound like the NFL is going to play this game between the Bengals and the uh, Bills at any point. It sounds like that'll just be called either a tie or a no contest, basically a, a, a nothing game, which I think in a lot of ways is the right decision. So J.K. Dobbins and the, Beng- uh, and the Ravens still have some life in the AFC North. Najee Harris and the Steelers. Who beat the Ravens this past week have some life as well as they can win and make the playoffs with a couple of other things working out in their favor. Uh, Dobbins just continues to look like the far superior running back in the Ravens backfield. And Najee Harris. Draws a Cleveland run defense that has been shaky all season. Uh, the Browns have been a disappointment, but perhaps defensively, nothing more disappointing than their interior defensive line play. So both of those guys should be in line for both significant
0: workloads and significant production. All right, the wide receiver crew, heavy NFC feel here, especially NFC North. That's right. And we're going to start with Justin
2: Jefferson, who, other than last week, has been a player that's paid off. Obviously, he was shut down by the. Green Bay Packers feels like a much different outlook this week against the Bears, who I mentioned earlier, thin in the secondary as it is, don't have a lockdown cornerback to try to play the role of Jair Alexander like we saw this past Sunday in Green Bay. And hard for me to think that Justin Jefferson goes back to back weeks of laying an egg. Other side of that game last week was, of course, Green Bay, and that's Christian Watson, who's emerged as a real playmaker for them. And the Lions secondary has been extremely generous all season to opposing wide receivers. And with a guy who has his speed, he may not need seven catches to pay off. He may need two or three with one big score for Watson to pay off in a major way. And then Jahan Dotson for the Washington Commanders, who draws the Cowboys, who have struggled against opposing wide receivers all year. And – Sam Howell is starting for the Commanders this week, and Howell's a very unproven player. He's never started the game in the NFL, but during his time at North Carolina, the strength of his game as a thrower was vertical passing. So you figure that with Jahan Dotson's speed and Sam Howell's propensity for launching it down the
1: field, there could be a match made right there. And then you go back to the Minnesota game with T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end, um, 7,200 bucks. It That seems like a guy who... Uh, it just seems poised to really flourish there with Minnesota.
2: Yeah, it sure seems that he's going to continue to be a big part of their passing game going forward, and the trade has worked out well for the Vikings so far. Priced price $7,200, and other than Travis Kelsey, he's probably the best bet for a lot of volume every single week in this lineup. And, again, they're going to have to continue to score. The matchup is just right, and with so few tight ends and collecting steady volume every single week, Uh, The five to ten targets you can expect for T.J. Hawkinson is extremely valuable in daily fantasy. And I'll lead it right into the flex. It's a former teammate of Hawkinson's, at least for a part of this season, which is D.J. Chark. The Lions have something to play for on Sunday night if the Rams beat the Seahawks. And if they don't, Dan Campbell has made it very clear they're going to continue to play as if they want to win on Sunday night. Uh, If there's any team that feels like it would embrace the opportunity to just go out there and compete, it would certainly be the Detroit lions. So uh, DJ Chark makes it into the flex spot at $5,700. All
0: right. And then defense. Uh, I know this is often a throwaway for you, but I'm guessing you're banking on subpar quarterback play from the jets.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I've got the dolphins in my defensive spot here and it's a cheap week. You could certainly pivot to a team as an example, like, the uh, Minnesota Vikings against the Bears, uh, especially with Nathan Peterman t- taking over as the starter this week as opposed to Justin Fields. But the Dolphins, who have been better generating pressure from the interior of their defensive line as opposed to the perimeter of their defensive line, fit the bill here at 3500 bucks against the Jets, who last week against the Seahawks really looked like a lost offense. They have good pieces basically everywhere, but quarterback where – it's still kind of a roller coaster there. It'll be Mike White and not Zach Wilson, and certainly White's been the best option for the Jets at quarterback this year. But you know, the the great uh, mystery for the Jets going forward is going to be can they find a quarterback to complement an otherwise really solid roster? And it seems like uh, on Sunday it may not be the answer to their question. It's going to be a game where both defenses could be very successful, especially if Skylar Thompson takes over once again for the Dolphins as their starting quarterback.
1: Good stuff as always, Field. We appreciate you taking the time for us today.
0: And thanks for helping us hey, out all you. season, Field. Uh, we'll probably see you thanks, out at the man. NFL Combine, right? Yeah, I'd love to be on the show
2: before then as well, even if it's not talking fantasy. And uh been thinking about you guys and the entire city of mm-hmm. Buffalo and, of course, Damar Hamlin and his family all week. So we'll continue to do exactly that. And uh, hopefully the next time we talk, uh, it's under even better circumstances.
0: Thanks Good again, Field. Thanks, Field. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. That's ESPN NFL insider field. Yates also your fantasy football expert with the final ultimate fantasy lineup of the season presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. We take a break here because when we come back, we are expected to be joining the press conference that is going to be held at the UC medical center in Cincinnati with the doctors who have been treating DeMar Hamlin for an update. We will bring that press conference to you live Next, here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and we are awaiting the beginning of a press conference by the University of Cincinnati Medical Center health physicians to discuss further updates on Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. As we told you at the top of the show, very good news coming out of Cincinnati this morning that DeMar was awake responsive, and it appears all of his neurological functions are intact. That was the chief concern when he did wake up, you know, would he have his neurologic faculties because every second that you're not breathing and your heart is stopped, as hard as this is to hear, there is oxygen that is not going to the brain and your brain needs oxygen to function So fortunately, due to the very quick work of the Bills' medical and athletic training staff, as well as the staffs on the Cincinnati Bengals' sideline, it looks as though DeMar, the early indications are that he has avoided um, any neurological setbacks as a result of the cardiac event he experienced on the field Monday night. So we got the update from the family in a team statement this morning, which was encouraging. We've heard other national reports from ESPN's Diana Rossini and Adam Schefter, as well as NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, that he is making remarkable improvement. Uh, Diana Rossini even reported that doctors believe he is ahead of schedule that's her report. We'll see if the doctors, in fact, confirm that when we hear from them momentarily. It's uh, We are expecting
1: to be updated by William Knight IV, MD. He's a professor of Department of Emergency Medicine at the University of Cincinnati's College of Medicine, and also Timothy Pritz, MD. He's the professor in the Department of Surgery at the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. So those are the two gentlemen, at least two of the gentlemen, uh, that we'll be looking to hear from in a few minutes. Uh, we've been waiting for this press conference for well, all morning and now early afternoon, uh, we've told and we knew that it was, you know, just with our experience about this stuff, we knew it was, wasn't going to come off right when they said it was going to come off. <laughs> um, and um, so here we are uh, momentarily.
0: So, Well, we, we have to remember that there is a legal side to this, you know, <laughs> HIPAA laws and all of that. So they probably had to cross some T's and dot some I's in terms of what they could. And could not say, and undoubtedly they consulted with the family on what those permissible, what the permissible information to release is and what is not permissible to release. This is obviously a private time as well. As public as this story is and as far-reaching as this story is, because people are genuinely concerned, and understandably so, we're all in that boat, especially here in western New York. At the same time, this is a very private matter, and the family undoubtedly makes decisions as to what they feel comfortable discussing and not discussing. But as we understand it, we're ready to, uh, for the press conference to begin. So let's go now live to the UC Medical Center for the latest updates on DeMar.
3: Good afternoon. My name is Kristen Weavers, and I'm the Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing and Communications Officer here at UC Health, representing the University of Cincinnati Medical Center here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're delighted to join you today and to be invited by Damar's family and the Buffalo Bills to give you an update on the medical condition of Damar. I'd like to introduce these two incredible physicians that are with us today. Dr. William Knight, A. Knight IV, is a professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine at the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine. Dr. Knight is also the lead physician for the Cincinnati team of unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants, visiting team medical liaisons, and emergency medical services support, including on field paramedics, airway management physicians, and respiratory therapists. Dr. Timothy Pritz is a trauma surgeon and serves as a professor in the Department of Surgery at the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine and the division chief of general surgery. I'm going to hand our beginning comments over to Dr. Pritz so he can begin to share the current medical condition of Damar Hamlin. Dr. Pritz. Good
4: afternoon, everybody, Uh, and greetings from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, It's our privilege today to meet with you. Um, And Dr. Knight and I are representing the many, many individuals and teams that have helped care for uh, Mr. Hamlin. Uh, since the on-field event uh, on monday night Uh, we would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field uh, but he is making substantial progress Uh, as of this morning uh, he is beginning uh, to Awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr- uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill uh, and continues to, to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, he's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurosurgery, I'm, I'm sorry, neurocritical care teams. Uh, trauma surgery, uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists. Uh, they are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make, uh, but this remark, uh, this marks a really uh, good turning point uh, in his ongoing care.
3: We are happy to entertain some questions, and I believe uh, representatives from the Buffalo Bills are going to help facilitate those for us.
5: Dr. Fritz, Dr. Knight, this is Cameron Wolf with NFL Network. really appreciate you spending some time with us and
1: uh, sharing some updates here. Uh, if possible, can you take
5: us through the timeline from when uh, Damar arrived in your care to where we are now as far as what you guys did with his, uh, with his recovery and uh, where that progress in specific is?
1: Did I come through clearly there?
3: Nope. Can you try again?
5: Yes, apologies. Uh, first of all, appreciate you, Dr. N- Dr. Pritz and Dr. Knight, for your time and your care in this situation. Uh, this is Cameron Wolf with NFL Network. Just wanted to inquire if you can take us through the timeline from when Demar came into your care and to where he is now, as far as what you guys have done um, to get him to this significant improvement stage. Sure. Um, and, and, and thanks for, for being here today. What I can tell you is that our team involved uh, a significant number of the care team in, involved in, in, in helping with Mr. Hamlet on the field on Monday night. Uh, he was attended to by four of our emergency physicians serving in the various roles as uh, the airway physician, the visiting team medical liaison, uh, a neurotrauma consultant, um, as well as one of the team physicians for the Cincinnati, Bells, uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, as, as everybody knows, Mr. Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, and it was promptly recognized by the Buffalo Bills medical staff, and that allowed for a very immediate uh, resuscitation on the field. Um, he was promptly resuscitated. Um, it did require CPR and defibrillation, and at which point he was transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center where he was met by Dr. By, uh, Dr. Pritz and the, the trauma team, as well as our emergency medicine uh, colleagues. He was managed and resuscitated and worked up in the emergency department, um, had some additional uh, tests in the ED and in the hospital, and then has been managed in the surgical ICU, uh, as as, uh, Dr. Pritz said. It's been uh, a a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, He has been uh, very sick and and has made a a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement to the point, as, as Tim noted, um, he, he is now uh, demonstrating that sign of, of good neurologic recovery, as well as overall clinical improvement, as, as has been previously reported related to not just his vital signs, but a lot of his other uh, individual organ recovery.
0: This is uh, Thad Brown from WROC Television in uh, Rochester, New York. Again, like Cameron said, thank you very much for your time and, and all the work that you've done with this. Can you speak at all to the cause of what happened? What caused the cardiac arrest? And I think specifically, was it simply the actions that happened on the field or was there something existing that, you
6: know, made Mr. Hamlin, um, I guess, uh, something that might be susceptible to to this happening? Uh,
5: The the answer to that is that 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 workup is ongoing. and We do not have definitive answers as to the ideology of the arrest at this time and that tests will continue to be ongoing as he continues to progress.
6: Thank you very much. Hi, Dr. Knight and Dr. Pritz. This is Matt Bovee with WKBW in Buffalo, New York. As everybody has also said, thank you for everything that you guys have done. I know you briefly mentioned it to Cameron's question about what the timeline was like, but can you guys go into a little bit more detail or explain how critical those first moments were on the fields to ultimately get him to this point and what the doctors and the medical staff from the bills and Bengals were able to accomplish in that period?
5: Sure. I, I think it, it just speaks really to the immediate recognition that there was something significantly and seriously wrong by the Bill's medical staff. I, I, I team and I speak together. We cannot credit their team enough. There are often, unfortunately, uh, there are injuries occasionally that happen on, on uh, sports fields, be it football or others, um, but it is incredibly rare to have something be this serious that happens um, like that. And to be that quickly recognized what they did was immediately marshal the emergency action plan, meaning the emergency medicine services. That prompted the airway physician, the emergency physician that was out on the the field um, to be at his bedside in in less than a minute. Um, He had a prompt recognition of uh, loss of pulse, um, which gave him immediate bystander CPR, which as, as all many of you know, rarely if ever happens. And so the fact that that Mr. Hamlin had immediate bystander CPR in addition to prompt recognition of his arrhythmia to get defibrillated and then, and then back to the return of circulation very quickly. Um, that speaks to that timeline that you were asking about to get the return of spontaneous circulation with immediate bystander CPR that was performed um, well, um, all meeting the standard of what we would expect uh, in that scenario is what has led us to
4: be able to discuss these good outcomes today. I will second that, you know, the, the Bill's training staff who was with him immediately recognized that this was not a run of the mill injury and that they, they had a significant <clears throat> event on their hands and immediately responded and uh, uh, got the emergency response team uh, involved in his care. And really this was went as well as something like this could go. Uh, under very challenging circumstances. And they did a fantastic in, in, job, which is why we're here today.
6: And understanding how complicated of a situation this ultimately is, would it be fair to say that if things would have taken a few extra minutes or maybe even a few extra seconds, there could have been a different outcome here?
4: I think that's fair to say. Yeah.
6: All right. Thank you both for everything that you guys have done and for the time today. This is John, John Scott from Spectrum News in Buffalo. You mentioned there are signs of neurological intact what have been those signs that you have seen from him that that give you uh, the reasoning to make that uh, ass- assessment
4: well, we were in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually you know wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing um, and uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game
6: and timeline-wise, I'm, I'm sure you don't necessarily deal with these events regularly, but how common is it from Monday night to now for that sort of uh, improvement to be made? Uh,
5: the answer to that is it's variable. We, we do uh, manage post-cardiac arrest patients routinely as part of critical care in, in all of our ICUs, and, it, and it's variable, but it, it speaks to his age, his incredible fitness, and then, again, I I don't think that we could emphasize enough the immediate medical response. The fact that he had highly trained uh, professionals from the Buffalo Bills, in addition to having um, paramedics, emergency physicians, respiratory therapists, all right at his bedside in less than a minute from the collapse, that speaks to that ability that demonstrates that he had good perfusion to his brain that led to to no um, identifiable neurologic deficit. Thank you so much.
3: Dr. Pritz, I just want to follow up on something you said that DeMar spoke last night. Can you speak yeah, to that? I can
4: clarify. He did not speak. Um, he was able to communicate uh, in writing, um, and he is uh, unable to speak with us yet as he uh, still has a breathing tube in, and we're still assisting him with uh, ventilation. Uh, so the um, you know when he was communicating with us uh, last night and then again today, that's been in writing. <coughs> And, uh, you know, to paraphrase, uh, one of our partners, you know, when, when he asked, did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Demar, you won, you've won the game of life. Uh, and that's probably the most important thing out of this. And we really need to keep him at the center uh, of everything else that's going on. And we really want to ensure a good outcome for him. Uh,
6: the, hi, this is Todd Dykes with WLWT TV here in Cincinnati and doctors. Again, I know so many people are, are just so grateful for the work that, you've done the work on the field and so forth i was fascinated i think so many of us were to learn about the protocols the nfl has in place the 60 minute meeting and so forth when the chief medical officer talked about that yesterday and the question was asked a bit earlier but i'll I'll circle back had there not been one thing in that protocol that would not have been in place whether it was equipment or might not have worked or a personnel or so forth what would that one thing have been that could have led to a more you know tragic outcome? Because I think we're all realizing that the NFL does a lot of pre-planning for these kinds of situations. I'm just curious to get your take on that.
5: I, I'm not sure there is one thing. I think that that really speaking and emphasizing to that team approach, that if you see those pictures in that video of the congregation of a, a team, the team, uh, you had uh, Bills professionals, Bengals professionals, independent Uh, physicians, um, but we have all the right equipment. There's all the the, the EMS equipment, airway equipment, advanced cardiac life support equipment, the ability to do CPR, the ability to defibrillate is all there and all spelled out in terms of accessibility. Speaking specifically to our team, we we had several of my partners that um, that, that were teammates, that were partners that were helping to resuscitate Mr. Hamlin. And you have those scenarios where people know each other and they train together. There's not a lot of speaking that needs to happen. They know how to work. They know how to integrate. No different than when Dr. Pritz and I are working in the trauma bay that you see. And that really goes a long way to helping with that in terms of that overall management. But was there one thing or is there one thing that if absent would have led to a a, a poor outcome? I, I can't say that there was any one thing because it really is the entire global spectrum of care from the minute he collapsed until the ongoing care he's receiving right now up in
7: the ICU. Hi, this is Katherine Fitzgerald from the Buffalo News. Um, thank you guys so much for all of this clarity and everything you're doing. I was
3: wondering if you could just add a bit more context on kind of what next steps will look like for recovery from Demar. You know, you mentioned how um, he's, his health puts him in a good position, but just from a, a human standpoint, just kind of what is the process like from here um, for him?
4: Yeah, from from our that's a great question, um, and there are many many steps uh, still ahead of him. Uh, from our standpoint, we would like to see him continue to improve, uh, to be completely uh, breathing on his own, uh, and uh, then to be you know ready to be discharged uh, from the hospital. So those are the immediate next steps um, as we go for his care. You know, his family has been with him at his bedside um, as have members of Buffalo Bill uh, organization uh, really since this all began. Uh, and uh, we really want to get him home to them, and so those will be the immediate next steps. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, you know potential plans for the future.
8: Hey guys, it's Liz Bonus from uh, WKRC TV, Cincinnati. So excited to just talk to you for the first time, and uh, I want to say you've certainly made a difference showcasing our city and the great medical care here. A couple of things I've heard that he had to be traked on the field. I was wondering if you could comment on that. Um, and that as a result, there may be some lung challenges. Uh, and then I also just wondered, um, you know, kind of from here, uh, what about the physical constraints now? Do you expect him to fully walk and talk and all the rest of that? It sounds like the brain function we were really worried about is good. But what about the rest?
5: Liz, I can answer your first question. He was not traped on the field. He he was intubated on the field, had a, a, a what I would, would deem a textbook resuscitation um, on the field from Again, immediate bystander CPR, uh, defibrillation, airway management, and then transport to the hospital. It's critical that we do that resuscitation at the scene of where a cardiac arrest is. Um, That portends the best recovery. Um, There was no um, trach or, um, or, or, or airway other than the endotracheal tube that he has. As for the long-term recovery, again, we're focused on the, the right now, and he still has uh, a, a little ways to go in terms of liberation from the ventilator, and, and I think that that's going to be our focus right now in terms of helping him to recover, liberate, continue to get uh, stronger, and, and rehabilitate, um, but it, it is entirely too early to, to project into the future.
8: So is there any reason that you don't expect him to make a full recovery?
5: Again, more focusing on right now. I don't have any reason to expect or not to expect anything in the future. Just focusing on what's going on right now.
8: All right, last thing. Lots of people are praying for you guys, and they've just wondering if you felt it.
5: Yeah, we have. <laughs> it's been it's been very powerful. We we've been surrounded by um, a great. I, I think we keep using the word team um, in that. Um, by, by Dr. Pritz and I being able to get to know this amazing family and this amazing organization of, in a matter of 48 hours, having friends and having family of, of the hugs and the tears that have already been shed just by the progress that's been made. But then looking outside, I mean, all I have to do is look over my left shoulder and I see um, vigils and posters and, and well-wishers and the food that has showed up at the hospital for the support for the family and for the emergency department and for the surgical ICU team, the support that's been done to the family. Um, uh, Mars family is, is wonderful. They've been right here. They've been, they've been great throughout the entire stay. And so have we felt it? Yeah. It doesn't take long to look outside and see the lights, the blue and the red around the city of Cincinnati, the support from local restaurants, the support from the, the fans and just, and just people who are concerned. So yes, it's been very powerful.
8: And does DeMar know it too?
5: He's, he's, he's learning it today. He's learning it today.
8: Excellent. Thanks you guys.
1: Uh, hi guys, uh, this is Coley Harvey with ESPN, and just echoing everyone else, uh, really thank you guys so much for taking this opportunity to talk to us. Um, I, I actually kind of, I have just have two questions, but I want to piggyback on that last point. You guys have mentioned that there has been a level of communication with DeMar writing. I, I'm curious, what what are you all able to see that, that he's understanding or processing what all has happened to him these last uh, couple of days?
4: Uh, you know, we've discussed, um, you know, with him what happened. Um, he's not quite to the point where we can have a conversation because, again, still has a breathing tube in um, and is able to communicate with uh, yeses and nos by shaking his head, nodding his head, or with, uh, with brief notes. Um, you know, we, uh, he was expressed surprise that he had been, you know, not with, with the world for two days. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've talked to him about all the support that's been given from uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and really across the country uh, for him and his family during this time. You know, his uh, his mom and dad have talked to him about uh, what has happened, and we expect that we'll continue to have ongoing conversations with him. You know, and again, his first, you know, first question that he wrote when he when he started to awaken was, was did we win? So we know that he's really, that it's not only that the lights are on, we know that he's home, uh, and that it appears that all, all the cylinders are firing uh, within his brain, which is greatly gratifying for all of us, for the nurses and the respiratory therapists and the care team that's been at his side, uh, for his family and for everybody else beyond.
0: And my last other
1: question is: uh, What what comes next? What 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 exactly are you all looking to see next as you begin to to, to go forward with his recovery?
4: Yeah, well, we want to see him continue to uh, breathe more on his own, and then we want to get him breathing completely on his own. That will be the next uh, big milestone for him. Okay, thank you guys so much. Uh, hello, doctors. Uh, Adam Kilgore with the Washington Post. Uh, thank you for for doing this.
5: Um, at, at this stage. Um, what, what would you project to be the best case, uh, scenario for DeMar's, uh, ultimate return to function? I think, um, I mean, what is the best? The best is getting him to the way he was at eight o'clock on Monday, uh, evening is, um, completely neurologically intact, strong, um, good lung function, uh, no cardiac dysfunction, um, with his heart, um, the best outcome would be back to who he was before this all happened.
7: Hi, this is Jacqueline Howard from CNN, and thank you so much for taking my question and thanks for all of the work that you guys are doing. Um, I do have some questions about just the the chain of events and what happened. Uh, We're curious, did he have a second resuscitation at the hospital? And then how long was the defibrillator used and the total minutes of CPR? And lastly, uh, can you confirm, is he moving his hands and feet at this time? Thank you.
4: I'll start in reverse. He's moving his hands, his feet, um, and uh, again, appears to be you know, neurologically intact uh, to uh, both our exam and our neuro- neurologic consultants exams, um, so it appears to be doing well. Um, he, is, he received one uh, defibrillation and one round of CPR uh, that was on the field. He did not receive uh, second uh, defibrillation or additional CPR once he was in the ambulance um, or uh, at the hospital.
1: Hey, doctors. Uh,
6: Thank you
5: for doing this. Uh, To clarify something that was just said, the best is getting him back to the way he was prior
0: to the injury. Does that mean the door is open for him to play professional football again? And then in the more immediate term, um,
2: what's a reasonable amount of time to suspect that he will remain in intensive care and uh, in the
1: hospital as a whole?
5: I think the the answer to the first question about his future in professional football is that it's an entirely too early to to have that conversation. He's still critically ill in the ICU. Our focus is on getting him um, better, to get him extubated, and um, and and on the road to recovery. So it it, it it truly is too early to to have that that conversation. Um, and I already forgot your second question. I apologize. <laughs> uh, the,
4: the real uh, the real next steps are allowing him to to continue to get better. Again, we're we're still focused on the day to day. And then we'll talk about, uh, you know,
7: next steps after that. This is Tom Puckett from WBEN News Radio 930 in Buffalo. Uh, uh, doctors, I know you just uh, answered Chris's question about the time frame for uh, DeMar
5: Hamlin's return going uh, the pro football. But uh, how much post-hospitalization physical therapy and the likes will he need before he gets clearance to return to football? Yeah, and that's a very good question, and that's a very, it's really individualized to each person, and, and that, that process of recovery, rehabilitation starts to really engage and involve physical therapists, um, rehab physicians in terms of what are his needs. Um, he was incredibly sick for two days in the ICU, and, and we would expect that as he continues to recover, we'll see what kind of sequelae there may or may not be from that. A lot of it is just going to be defining what kind of strength may he have from that and and recover as we get his nutrition back up to par and his strength back up to par and his his rehab and recovery. So it'll be a very individualized, tailored plan that'll become a lot more clear when we're in that phase, um, which we're, we're still a little ways out from.
3: Hello to you both. And thank you, as all of us have been saying so much for taking some time to be here with us today. This is Jenna Harner from WPXI in Pittsburgh. You mentioned liberation from the ventilator. What hurdles are still left for DeMar to get off that ventilator? And hopefully, as I know a lot of us are hoping to have him get out of the intensive care unit. You
4: know, we, we, we sort of view the the ventilator as an aid uh, for him as he needs it. And so you know, after the initial event, uh, we were supporting him on the ventilator 100%, and what our goal really is for liberation from mechanical ventilation is to uh, gradually decrease the amount of support and let him pick up the difference. And when we you know reach 0% support, breathing tube comes out, and, and then we define that as success.
7: Hi, this is Maura Holman with today. Thank you again so much for taking the time. Um, there's been a lot of speculation around the fact that DeMar's condition might be related to a condition called comodio cordis. I just wanted to see if you guys had any thoughts on that. I know it's a little early to tell at this stage based about the etiology, but if you had any thoughts on whether that might be playing a role and if so, how that may affect the recovery process. Thank you. Uh,
5: For sure. Um, We've we've similarly heard those same suggestions and and the way that I would answer that question is that that condition, Camusia Cordis, is an incredibly rare um, event that happens. It's also a diagnosis of exclusion in our world, which basically means we have to rule out many other more common or more deadly or more fixable type um, conditions before we can settle in on an ultimate diagnosis such as that. And so he has ongoing testing that will be tests in the future. Um, And so I I guess it would summarize down to it. It is still too early to say that. Is it on the list of considerations? It is. um, But he has many other things that we need to work through before uh, a final etiology or cause for this arrest can be um, definitively defined.
7: Hi, doctors. Uh, Maggie Vespa with NBC News. Thank you again, just echoing what everybody's saying. Uh, first and foremost, a minute detail question, but, but what is he writing on? Is it a whiteboard or a notepad?
4: It's, it's, high tech. It's a, uh, it's a (laughs) pen and a piece of paper and a clipboard.
7: Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's, uh, very high tech. Thank you. Okay. Uh, (laughs) the next question, uh, I appreciate your thoughts on next steps and what you'd like to see moving forward. We were wondering, is there a timeline by which you sort of really want to see him breathing on his own, meaning if you don't get it by that time, it could have consequences? That's a, that's
4: a really good question. Every patient is different. Um, and when families uh, ask me, how long do I need to be in the ICU? How long is our family member going to need to be on a ventilator? The answer is as long as it takes and whatever you need. Uh, and so you know, from our standpoint, uh, we'll continue to give him all the uh, support and intensive uh physician, ICU and respiratory care uh, that he needs, uh, but our goal is to eventually, you know, be able to peel that all away uh, so that he's doing it all on his own. But the, the short answer is, as long as it takes. Uh, there's no threshold in our world beyond which there, there's damage from the, the ventilator support itself, uh, and uh, but you know we like to liberate him as soon as possible.
7: I appreciate it. And then, can you also uh, just got a text say who, if anyone in particular, he was asking that first question to? Like maybe who's the first person he talked to? When he woke up,
4: but I, I, I won't, uh, can't say names, but it was to his bedside nurse last night.
7: Okay. Gotcha. So, and is he holding anyone's hand? We had heard he might be holding family members' hands.
4: Yep. He's so, held many people's hands. held my
7: hand.
5: Um, he did. His, his parents have been have been with him um, constantly. Uh, there's a lot of family members, a lot of support from his family and friends, as again, as well as um, members of the, the, the Buffalo Bills administrative and medical teams. Um, that have been really at his bedside throughout, which is is, is admirable in terms of the support that the Bills have,
4: have have shown here. And so, yes, he's he's held many people's hands, and, and, and the you know the Bills uh, organization folks as well as the family have been with him uh, constantly. He's interacted with all of them uh, today, uh, and so he's been he's been very interactive with them.
7: Great, thank you both very much. Hi, good afternoon, Larry Seward with
4: WCPO in Cincinnati. Timeline question. Um, You mentioned the care that happened within a minute of him being down on the field. Can you walk us through the additional timeline of how much time it took to get him from being intubated there on the field to being in the ambulance, to being in the emergency department, receiving that that care there? Um, The
5: the on-field resuscitation, Uh, timeline it, it, it that that is going to be reviewed and, and really um, looked at in depth um, kind of at a later moment we like to do a more detailed debrief to really make sure that we can identify exactly what you're talking about for um, both review and, and overall quality assurance in general it was it was several minutes um, on the field uh, before he before um, CPR was started just a couple of minutes before CPR was started as well as um, before the defibrillation. He initially had a pulse on the, on the, on the field and then lost it under the, the nose of the, the physicians and the team that was uh, with him. And so he had truly immediate bystander CPR and then a defibrillation uh, happened within several minutes as well. At that point, and that's, that is really textbook for the kind of arrhythmia that he had. And at which point then, while his respirations were being supported, Uh, he was moved into the ambulance where he was successfully uh, and quickly intubated and then transferred to the hospital. And so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, he was at the hospital um, a little after a half hour um, from when he fell, 45 minutes. I I don't have the exact timeline, but again, it was all textbook to what I would expect for the kind of uh, cardiac arrest that he experienced.
4: And again, we can't can't say enough.
0: We will take a break here. Uh, You've been listening to the press conference via Zoom from the UC Medical Center in Cincinnati. Dr. William A. Knight and Dr. Timothy Pritz providing answers to several media questions about DeMar Hamlin's current status, his care, and the steps that led to getting him to the hospital in rather efficient fashion, which sounds, based on a lot of their answers, that it was critical in the recovery we've witnessed from DeMar to this point. We will take a break and be back with more on what was covered by the two doctors next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. We just brought you the main meat and potatoes of the press conference that was held at the UC Medical Center via Zoom for Buffalo and national media, for that matter from Dr. William A. Knight and Dr. Timothy Pritz, who were in charge of the emergency medical care that DeMar Hamlin received at the UC Medical Center over the last couple of days. And just to briefly recap, uh, they basically described DeMar's condition as such. We've seen substantial improvement in his condition over the last 24 hours. His neurologic condition and function are intact. He's still critically ill and remains in the ICU He still has significant progress to make, but this is a really good turning point in his ongoing care. Now we can get into some of the other details as we move along here in case you missed that press conference, but turning point, Steve, and not only that, just the body language and the jovial nature that you kind of felt from the two doctors, just watching them, a lot of smiles from them. Yeah, You can clearly tell that they are very encouraged They've by some- Demar's progress, and when he said "turning point" in his ongoing care, that for me means he's pretty close to being out of the the biggest dangers that maybe they were concerned about over these first forty eight hours. That's right, and and uh, you know that you always
1: know, look for the human side of it. They they were uh, encouraging in their in their remarks, and you know doctors usually aren't because they and want to cautious they're cautious because they know how things can go wrong they were um uh, very much so they think the thing that came out of it you and i looked at each other and um uh, he asked who won the game as soon as he woke up that's the know, first he thing he wrote, he down, wrote on that <laughs> who won um uh, said you know that that in, and of it, that in and of itself will make you tear up they thinking about it because uh you know it's just uh that's tomorrow it's one of those <laughs> things that a football player would do and uh he has no he had no at the time obviously he had no idea what happened after what happened to him happened. Uh so uh or what didn't happen as well. So it uh quite a moment. He's being they said he's being now they're kind of filling him in on what's happened over the last
0: couple of days. Well he didn't even realize he he had missed the world for the last two days. He right. was surprised he was out for <laughs> that right. long. He's like, What do you mean? What do you mean it's Thursday? Right.
1: <laughs> so it's um everything's different today for obvious reasons the next step is going to be when they completely i guess you would call it wean him off the ventilator and start to give him less and less help to breathe uh he's taking it over on his own he was awake and all that he can't speak because of the tube the ventilator in but uh all of that stuff seems to be pointing towards a, a Speedy recovery, and the doctors said that you know people were trying that. The line of questioning was trying to pin the doctors down uh, on how long it's going to be that he's in ICU, that he's going to be in danger, that he's going to do all this. And the doctors were very forthright, saying, "Listen, everybody's different. Um, You don't know, but obviously he's 24. He's in he's a as fit as can be, and he's strong. So I would imagine." there's a lot of confidence that he's going to move as quickly as a human could possibly move towards that end. So that's the next real thing that we're looking for is when he's completely off the help that he's getting to breathe, the ventilator, uh, things will go a little bit faster after that.
0: Right. They said once he's breathing on his own, their words, not mine, quote, that'll be the next big milestone. The first big milestone was what's happened here. Wakes up has all his neurologic faculties, as far as they can tell, because, first of all, to your thing, he said, did we win? Well, he so didn't that, say it. He so wrote he, it. or I mean, he wrote it, Think sorry. about the different – He wrote it. Not
1: just speaking, but also just knowing their letters yeah. and remembering – The just, dexterity hey, of that. Won, who won the game?
0: And I think they were, they were also encouraged by that because he, his short-term memory is intact because he knows the last thing that happened before he was sedated. Uh, He still has recall of that. So I think that's an encouraging thing, too. Um, Just to kind of wrap it up in a bow, in terms of what was communicated by the doctors here, they said his individual organ recovery is also looking good. That's the other reason why they sedate the person or put them in a sedated state so the entire body can rest all functioning organs Can kind of operate in kind of a sleep state instead of actively working, you know, while this person just suffered a physical trauma. So I thought it was also noteworthy that the doctor said we cannot credit the bill's medical and athletic training team enough for recognizing right away what was happening. They implemented the emergency medical plan in seconds. There was a prompt recognition of the absence of a pulse which led to immediate bystander CPR to get defibrillated and spontaneous circulation with CPR. It all met the standard of what is expected and is the main reason we've seen the progress we've witnessed to this point. They did a fantastic job under the circumstances. And if the response took a bit longer, we might not see the progress we're seeing now. That was very telling when they said that.
1: Yeah. The fact that it, um, it happened when there are, Professionals standing just a few yards away and were on it uh and they also said something we didn't know that um when they got out on the field and you you think i guess yeah it makes a lot of sense they checked for his pulse immediately he had a pulse and then it's and they kept and then all of a sudden he did then all of a sudden he did not have a pulse and that's when um they they, didn't wait they They left into action and they were right there ready for it and and uh bless their hearts it went exactly like they needed it to go and uh so it's uh a lot of a lot of stuff in that in that press conference that was good to hear, but like you said, Brownie, the thing that got me. These doctors seem really confident. Yeah, um, they seemed, and maybe that's encouraged good. at maybe the that's, very least. Maybe that's good bedside manner. Maybe they train it, but man, oh man, even their uh, their unconscious body language and the tone of their words and their conversation. Um, seemed to be really, really encouraging, and it's, right. it's it was great to hear.
0: It was also mentioned that there are members of the Bills organization still there. They never left Cincinnati with the team. I believe I know who those people are, but I'm not going to divulge that. We'll let the team do that um, at their discretion. Um, as the doctor said, there are many, many steps still ahead of him. They want him to breathe completely on his own, as we said. When that happens, they said he can be discharged from the hospital. Um, His family's been there the whole time, but they really want to get him home. I would think the only remaining risk here, Steve, and this happens any time a ventilator is involved, is the risk of infection. Um, Right. Because a ventilator is not a natural way to breathe. And, you know, you try to keep as sterile an environment as possible. But we remember this with COVID patients. You want to get them off the ventilator sooner rather than later because the risk of infection is always there when you're using a machine to breathe, not your own lung capacity and function. So uh, I would think they want to get them off of that sooner rather than later to avoid that potential setback. Um, They said DeMar's family has been wonderful, and I think this is important for Bill's fans to hear. The doctors were asked if they could feel the prayers and support. Coming from not only the local Cincinnati community that was holding candlelight vigils right outside their windows, but the overwhelming support, people bringing food, not only for the Hamlin family, but for the doctors pulling those 12 hour shifts. He said, I believe it was Dr. Knight that said this. He said, Have we felt it? Yeah. Seeing the lights. The blue and red for the Bills being lit up at the Red Stadium, at the Cincinnati uh, Paycor Stadium, the support from local restaurants. He said it's been very powerful. So kudos uh, to you, the Bills fans, who have no doubt been praying in earnest and sending well wishes. We have to take a break here and catch up on some uh, timeout time. We will do that, but be back with plenty more as uh, we kind of recap the ground that was covered on DeMar Hamlin's condition next. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Calata Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. We're kind of reviewing what was covered by Dr. William Knight and Dr. Timothy Pritz, the UC Medical Center physicians who were spearheading the care, the emergency care, for one Damar Hamlin last couple of days. They provided a bunch of updates. Among the ground that we have not covered in reviewing their comments and their answers to questions from the media, they said the best case is to get DeMar back to where he was at 8 p.m. on Monday before this all happened. There was a follow-up question to that, asking about a potential return to football, and they basically said his future in professional football is too premature to discuss. Our focus is getting him better and excavated, which means get the breathing tube out. It's too early to focus on those things. They view the ventilator right now as an aid. When they first brought him in, he was intubated, bagged, and they were breathing for him Um, because of the cardiac event that he had. They want to decrease the support to where they get breathing assistance down to zero. And then at that point, when that happens, they can pull the breathing tube and then observe him presumably for another 24 hours, see how well he breathes on his own, and then if all things look good, then he's looking at discharge.
1: Right. They, they, asked, they, was, they were asked about comodio cordis. I think I said that right, uh, which is what we all kind of thought it was, a, a blow to the chest that happens at the right instant to make your heart. It interrupts the electro, electric current of your heart. Uh, and they asked, you know, if is that what happened? and Is that what we're looking at here? And the doctor said, well, really, to diagnose comodio cordis, we really have to eliminate a bunch of other stuff first, and it's too early for us to do that. They'll, yeah. they'll take an EKGs and all, and all kinds of stuff yeah. about now to, to find out if that indeed is what happened to Damar. So they really don't know for sure exactly why or how and all the stuff that goes into it, whether he had a pre existing condition and nobody that slipped through, all of that stuff. So that, that was one of the questions I thought was really interesting. They don't know yet. And the only way they find out is if they el- eliminate the stuff that is obvious well, or more obvious they, or more yeah.
0: common. And as the doctor explained, they do that after the focus on the care is complete. Once his care is complete and he's discharged, then a full debriefing will happen at that point in time where they will go step by step from the minute that he collapsed on the field to the day of discharge. And they will go through all the steps, the events that occurred, the procedures that were undertaken, and, you know, the care that followed. And at that point in time, they will rule out certain things as possibilities for the cause of this. And if they get down to hemodial cortis, well, then so be it. But certainly way too premature to make a call on that right now. Um, it was confirmed that he only had on-field resuscitation once, And from there, um, there was CPR and defibrillation one time. Uh, He initially had a pulse and then lost it, the doctor said, and that's when the immediate bystander CPR began, and it was textbook procedure for the arrhythmia that he had. So that's kind of where the doctors left it. Um, The only other thing I don't think I mentioned that with respect to his neurologic function based on his initial questions and things that he was asking, writing pen to paper, the doctor said it gives us confidence that the lights just aren't on, but all the cylinders are firing. Those were his words. So it, it really, it really, really sounds positive and encouraging. And it's, it's, it's really great to hear, Um, you know, continuing his football career would be great. But a real victory is walking out of that hospital under his own power. That, that's the victory. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, getting him back inside the building and back to his family and friends up on his own two feet walking around talking and, and back to normal. And uh, after listening to the doctors today um, and their sense and the, the odds of him being a, such a young guy and in such great shape, and with the quality and urgency of the care that he got right away. Now we can all kind of sit back and think, you know, it's only a matter of time before all that happens. So that's kind of where I'm sitting today. um, From where, from my perch on the, on the, (laughs) on the fence of watching all this. Yeah. Um, But that's, um, but I was, you know, I was there, I was putting myself there kind of even yesterday was saying, I've just told myself, I'm just going to believe he's going to be okay. And, You know, so far, so good.
0: The doctors did say that his age of 24 and his top-notch physical fitness did help in this recovery. Um, We heard ESPN's Diana Rossini on a tweet report earlier today that she heard through sources that he's considered ahead of schedule in his recovery. And factors in that equation are the fact that he's 24 years old Top, top of the food chain in terms of physical fitness, those things help you recover faster. Yeah, we, um, it, Mike Garofalo, a
1: friend of the show, and you know somebody we follow who's in the sports media, he said this about. He says it was a an informative and uplifting press conference from UC Health. He's right; it really made everybody uh, regarding this the Demar Hamlin situation it really made them feel a lot better. Uh, they were positive. They were informative. Uh, and they made us feel really good about the steps that have already been taken and their promptness and the quick response. And the guys with the Bills and the Bengals on the field were on it. Um, they couldn't have been more complimentary of the people who were critical in the whole thing, and that's the guys who were right there right when it happened. And uh, so we all feel really lucky that those guys were in place and that they're really good at what they do.
0: Yeah. So we will take a break here um, because we do have some breaks to catch up on, but we'll have more on DeMar Hamlin's condition. We know that the players today were also out on the practice field as they begin preparations for the New England Patriots on Sunday here at Highmark Stadium at 1 o'clock. We'll cover all of that and more next here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back. One Bill's live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And Steve uh, noticed something. And we already had mentioned earlier this week uh, the first class act that the city of Cincinnati has been. Um, ironically, they are I believe they're called the Queen City of Ohio as well, just like we're the Queen City here in New York State. Uh, just first class all the way from Bengals fans doing candlelight vigils outside the church where Hamlin's being cared for to the Cincinnati Reds lighting up their stadium in blue and red to Paycor Stadium and the Bengals doing the same thing with blue lights at night kind of as a um, homage to praying for DeMar. Now there's this. There's a fundraising effort through the selling of T-shirts We know that, you know, Western New York is the 716. Well, in Cincinnati, their area code is 513. And they're selling these 513 T-shirts that they're printing up. And Steve spotted this. It's kind of cool the way they designed that, huh, Steve?
1: Yeah, it's 513 and big across the chest. The five and the one are in the Cincinnati Bengals tiger stripes, black with tiger stripes ringed in white. And then, but the three of the five one three is Demar's number, the big three. And then below that it says stand stands with Buffalo. The five one three stands with Buffalo. Uh, great T-shirt. The proceeds of which we've been told are going to Demar's um, foundation. Foundation yeah. that the uh, the one we've, that everybody has been donating to. Uh, they the anecdote that was that I read on social said they went that they sold thirty four hundred of these darn things in the last day or two and. When the guy went to the store, it was packed. He couldn't get near it. Yeah. So uh, those shirts are flying off the shelves uh, all in response to DeMar Hamlin. And now perhaps with his recovery so uh, seemingly headed in such a positive direction, maybe they'll sell more of them. Um, but the more of that stuff that goes around, the better. I mean, it, it's amazing that uh, how unifying – this incident has been for so many people uh, obviously across silly things like fan bases and stuff, but in a, in a world we live in in our country that seems so divided at times, it's awesome to remember that
0: once in a while we don't feel like that. Well, I, it, it certainly is heartwarming to see that response. Um, you, You know, if you don't live in one of those cities that the team visits, You know, even as a visiting Bills fan in Cincinnati, if you'd never been there before, you don't know what the response is going to be. You might have some people ornery that the game gets canceled. People come out on a Monday night expecting to be entertained, and this happens, and you don't know. You know, I mean, I guess there's always a couple of bad apples in every bunch, but on the whole, Cincinnati has just been a plus. Yeah. uh, In the way that they have responded to this tragic event, that. Fortunately, has a happy ending, at least from what we're hearing today on DeMar's condition. So, they, yeah. they've they been first-rate all the way. So, great job by the city of Cincinnati, I'll say it again.
1: Yeah, and not only city of Cincinnati, but also the Bengals themselves. Zach Taylor, uh, Mike Brown. You even um, pointed out what Joe Burrow said
0: today at his press conference.
1: They, they asked him at Joe Burrow's press conference. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me. They asked him, I said, what about, you know, if they – they want to play this game again or, you know, what are your thoughts about the outcome of this game and how they're going to handle it? And Joe said, listen, uh, if the bills want to play it again, we'll play it. If they don't, that we'll do that too. Whatever the bills want to do, we're behind them a hundred percent. Yeah. That's from the opponent's quarterback. Uh, so Joe Burrow, once again, proving the quality guy he is and why they love him so much in Cincinnati, just like we love our guy. So, uh, Good on Joe Burrow for just saying, listen, whatever the Bills want to do, we got them. We we support them 100%.
0: Speaking of that game, the more and more reports come out that are lending credence to the fact that that game is going to be scrapped altogether and will not be resumed in any way, shape, or form, which then prompts the league to decide what to do with the AFC Playoff seedings, and ESPN's Adam Schefter uh, Schefter reported that he believes the NFL will not look to resume that Bengals-Bills game in any way, and that the league is working towards a couple of options: either a potential neutral-site AFC Championship game, or the one seed after this week's games, choosing between getting a bye or home field advantage, and then the two-seed getting whatever was not picked by the one-seed. So if the one-seed picks the bye, the two-seed gets home field advantage. If the one-seed picks home field advantage, the two-seed gets the bye. So it's going to be interesting to see what the league decides and when they decide it. You and I were trying to speculate on this a little bit, Steve, and – we know that the Chiefs play on Saturday at 4 o'clock or 425. If they win that game and the Bills-Bengals game is not going to be resumed at any point in time in the future, the Bills can't catch the Chiefs right. in winning percentage. That's right. They'll finish behind them even if they beat the Patriots on Sunday. And that, That's true even if the and Bills, I, yeah. I wonder if yeah. that's the, the domino that has to fall before the league makes an announcement as to what's going to become of the Bills-Bengals game and what's going to become of the Bill, of the AFC playoff seedings. Right. I wonder if that's just the domino they're waiting to fall. Because if the Chiefs lose, now suddenly the opportunity exists for the seedings to fall in a way that as the they, missing game doesn't impact the seedings, if you know what I'm saying. The, it, it falls
1: as the same way it would as that, that, that the standings were right before the Bills-Bengals game was. Um, or just before the Chiefs had won. So, yeah, that means that the Bills-Bengals game wasn't as important as it seemed at the time.
0: Right. So, I wonder if they're waiting for that or if they'll make a call even before any game is played this weekend. So, it's it's a big and it's a weighty decision for sure because it is going to change the dynamics of how the playoffs unfold and the games this weekend will have a bearing on it especially if if the game that was suspended is scrapped entirely we've got to take a break here steve and i back to close things up next on a thursday edition of one bills live stay tuned All right, Steve, before we wrap things up here on a Thursday, the one thing I wanted to bounce off you was how this positive and encouraging news on DeMar Hamlin's condition changes the dynamic for the players heading into Sunday's game. What was once considered a major concern and distraction for the players, can it now be turned into a galvanizing force to inspire their play on Sunday? Certainly,
1: and I think also – it will help them, like today and tomorrow, to get ready to play. They can start thinking about it and turn their attention to it, and focus on it, and hopefully play better than they would have had they not gotten such good news about Demar. So, yeah, that it does. It is going to make a difference, whether it's positive or negative. I think remains to be seen. You could get to this thing, and when, once they go out there, now it's different for them because now, right now, they're out there in pads and and helmets. So they know what it is like to line up again, to start thinking about it again. It's not going to be the first time they have seen a game, and it pro- and it won't be this that for us either, because there's going to be a Thursday night game. There's going to be Saturday games this week. We're, we'll have a chance to get acclimated before we see our guys yeah. go out there again. So we're all going to get a chance to get ready for it. But I don't think there's any question it's going to affect their emotions and the fans' emotions and, and the, the atmosphere surrounding the game. I, I don't want to go out and say there's, you know, there's no way the Bills are going to lose this game now. It's to, I don't know. Um, well, we know the Patriots are coming in motivated. They have to win abso- to get in. I, the Patri- You say what you want about the Patriots. They're always a difficult team to beat. And there's a lot in this game. You'd like to think you're and, – and I know that the leadership here is, is second to none – and they're going to spin it and build it in a positive way. And we've been chuckling about people on social media about, like, like the Bills are – no way they're going to lose another – you know what I mean? Not now, uh, yeah. They may be so relieved that it's hard to dredge up aggression, you know, and kind of the stuff you need to play football well. Um, but we'll see. I, I know that they've got good leadership and they're going to prepare well. And uh, I, for one, am, am excited to see them play.
0: Yeah. I think the only thing that could get in the way of this being a galvanizing force for them to, you know, kind of play for DeMar and all of that, you know, earlier in the week, it was pray for DeMar. Now on Sunday, is it play for DeMar? Do you know what I mean? So if that's at play and it's a it's a motivational thing, then I would say, look out, Patriots. But I think the one thing that's going to be very difficult for us to measure through the rest of this week is how much emotional and physical energy has this team already expended worrying about their teammate because yeah. that, that, that drains you. Might and when you be, have to yeah. have all of that physical and emotional and mental energy to play a football game, as you know better than anybody, Steve, that requires a
1: lot. I think that's going to be a key factor. You're, you hit it on the head, Brownie. It's going to be difficult to emotionally show up fresh. Um, It's going to be a big challenge. They've still got to face it. And while the worst seems to be behind us all, um,
0: it's still hard to get ready. Thanks for listening today. We'll catch you tomorrow at 1 when we have NFL Films Greg Cosell join us. We'll see you then.